1: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, the Renault Dealer of the Year and most Google-reviewed dealership in Ireland. For award-winning customer service you can trust, visit us today. Blackstone Motors, drive with peace of mind. 041 983 1100
3: you're very welcome to a brand new week of late lunch on lmfm radio hope you had a lovely weekend i had the most enjoyable saturday sunday monday to be honest with you and i'm refreshed and raring and ready to go this afternoon coming up on today's show among our featured guests don't miss two o'clock i go back to sunday and team carry the dublin city marathon what a special special day it was And I was with them on Marathon Day all the way. Catch a flavour for it here with us just after two this afternoon. I promise you, you'll really enjoy it. Lots of other guests to come as well. If you want to get in touch with us on the show, 185715958 is the phone number. Or you can text or WhatsApp, 086 1800 658. First up, no need to remind you. Do I need to remind you? Dundalk are in the FAI Cup final again. Woohoo! For the fourth year in a row, they're up against Cork City. And it's happening at the Aviva this coming Sunday. We want a mascot for Dundalk here on LMFM Radio's Late Lunch. We want to nominate a child to be a mascot. Here's the details. A boy or girl between the age of 8 and 12. That's who we're looking for. Why should a child in your family, lead out the Lily Whites on Sunday. Now, time is of the essence here, folks. You've got to get messaging us right now if you want your child, be it your own child, a grandchild, a relative or whatever, or a supporter of the club that you know, to lead out Dundalk at the Aviva. What a thrill it'll be for them and an honour next Sunday. Get cracking now. Tell us why that child should be the Dundalk mascot, on Sunday next. It's quite simple. That's it. Give us a reason why. Tell us why they should be. Quick as you can, because we're going to pick the child before the end of the show today and tell you who that is. Uh, You can text us, please, on 086-1800-658 or if you want to use the WhatsApp as well, it's the same number, WhatsApp, 086-1800-658. Get cracking. The best of luck to you and we'll tell you who is the Dundalk mascot before the end of the show today. Now, it's Halloween, the day after tomorrow, isn't it today? Oh, tomorrow. Is tomorrow Halloween? It is tomorrow. Where am I? Sure. I'm forgetting about the Monday. Tomorrow is Halloween, and of course, Halloween has got bigger and bigger year on year here in Ireland. And pumpkins have come centre stage. They were a thing in the States many moons ago, but now they're huge here in Ireland. And yesterday, my Sarah, little Ava and Kieran headed off to a pumpkin farm, and they... We're in Grove Farms, Grove Gardens Pumpkin Farm, Fordstown in County Meath. And they came home and told me all about it and they've carved a pumpkin. The picture's up on our social media at the moment, you can have a look at it. And they left a pumpkin with me as well. And they said to me, it's the most brilliant place, it was really enjoyable. So nothing would do but find out what it's all about and get the man himself on the line. And here he is, Tom Dillon from All Right Pumpkins is with me. Hello Tom. How are you getting on, Jerry? you well? I'm very good. You're in the field today, I know, because the, this is probably one of your busiest days of the year. Listen, our crew were over there with you yesterday, and they were just over the moon. They came back, pumpkined out of it, and absolutely thrilled. Will you tell me this? How many pumpkins have you grown this year?
4: Well, this year I planted uh, 10,000 plants in the spring, so it was a good year. So each plant will give you between... One and three or four maybe pumpkins on a good year, so we had a good year. they really enjoyed the sun this year,
3: so roughly, how many do you think you have I'd say around
4: thirteen or fourteen thousand pumpkins this year. Wow, are you the biggest in Ireland? I don't know about that Jerry I'd be afraid to say you must be near enough I'd be uh, pumpkin farmers, there's not too many of us around all right, so it's yeah. a small enough pool all right.
3: Is there any danger, I know you plant them indoors and you reared them on and they're a little bit fragile early on, what's the big danger when they're developing at a young age?
4: At a young age the last thing you want is a frost, a late frost, because they're incredibly frost sensitive, they don't like it at all and that'll just wipe out the entire crop on you if you're very unlucky.
3: Okay, and and I know our crew came home with the traditional lovely orange ones of different sizes. Is that the only variety you grow, or do you do others?
4: I do all kinds. I do different uh, colours. I do white ones, green ones, blue ones. Uh, I do different shades of orange. I do real big ones, right down to the smallest ones that would fit in your hand. We grow all kinds. We do decorative squash. I do eating squash. That's much better for uh, making your soup. Yes, yeah. stew or something like that, much more so than can Okay. All kinds.
3: Of, all kinds. And the blue one? T- I, I'm curious. As soon as you mentioned blue, there an actual blue coloured pumpkin? Yeah, blue
4: coloured pumpkin. They come in every different colours. Uh, so they do. They do all be different colours on the outside, but when you cut them, especially the blue ones, they're a nice, deep orange colour on the inside. They're
3: uh, really something to look at. All right. So they still have the orange centre there as well. Um. Yeah. This time of year, of course, people are, are ge- getting their pumpkins organised as we speak. Is this your rush week? You know that they say you have the rush week before uh, the Halloween itself. Is this is when you're at your busiest? Uh,
4: yeah, I'd open uh, all throughout the month of October, so we'd be steadily busy. You've got a lot of really big Halloween uh, enthusiasts, and they're not just Halloween enthusiasts, they're just kind of autumn enthusiasts, so we'll come out to you at the very beginning of October they'd be looking for real specific types of pumpkins really really big ones or really really small ones and then it would get busier right up through to the bank holiday weekend it was very busy for us here yeah.
3: Yeah yeah our crew was saying it was a mighty crowd over there and everyone up for it and really enjoying going into the fields and picking themselves how big can you grow them what's your record size wise
4: uh, my record size one I had a go at growing a few big ones there just for a bit of sport myself and I got uh, a field pumpkin. I got him up to 47
3: kilos. Holy cow. 47 That's kilos? Yeah.
4: It's um, a whopper. He was a whopper, all right, yeah. He wouldn't be... Uh, you wouldn't manage to do that every year, but a few things went right for me, and uh, he turned into a right big pumpkin, all right.
3: <laughs> and how do you do that, Tom? Do you have to really intensely feed a pumpkin like that with nutrients yeah. to get it to go to that size? You
4: would, yeah. He'd been he would have been grown inside the polytunnel, so he never would have been outside. And then he would have uh, had a lot of nutrients, a lot of compost teas, stuff like that, fed to him throughout the year.
3: Yes. Okay. So that's uh, the secret in getting a real big boy like that. On average, what what do they weigh? Like an average size pumpkin. What do, what do people look for when they want to buy one from you?
4: Uh, in the main, people like a nice size pumpkin, about the size of a football. If they're going to carve it themselves, they don't want to make too much of a mess. And they don't want to have to go to too much effort to make a nice scary face. But I yeah. uh, come in all different sizes. So I grow a couple of different varieties, a couple of very big ones called mammoths and 100 weights. And they will grow very big, they'd be 15 to 20 kilos. And then, but my most popular pumpkin would be around the football size.
3: Okay. I'm just checking there 104 pounds is 47 kilos. Yeah. He
4: was a right big one and I had him out then and I brought him out onto the patch to show that <laughs> you
3: <laughs> You didn't lift him by yourself?
4: God no, no. I roped my brother into that. He was doing a bit of grumbling <laughs> all right. <wasn't laughs>
3: so look, at, I, I got a gift. I have one of your pumpkins in my house. My little granddaughter, Ava, brought it back to me yesterday and came down last night and left it with me. A lovely one. Can I use that one, you know, to make a little bit of pumpkin soup? Oh, you could, of
4: course, yeah. All pumpkins are edible. Yeah. And just when you're carving them out, when you're making your scary face tonight and you pop out his eyes and his nose and whatnot, you can uh, use those as You can tray maybe a little bit of olive oil until he goes uh, nice and soft. And then you can mash him and put him into whatever you like, into a lasagna, into a stoop, into a stew. Okay. And even the seeds that you pull out, you can also just clean those off, dry them off and put those into an oven until they go nice and brown and then, maybe add a little flavourings on top and they make a nice snack too because all the uh, trails, mixes and stuff like that you see in supermarkets they'd all be mostly pumpkin seed based as well
3: Okay, so there you are it's a double whammy you win with the seeds you win with the flesh as well but do it in the oven first and then go on from there and prepare it whatever way you will God, you're a bit of a a chef as well, uh, Tom My wife, she's very good at cooking so she cooks me pumpkins this time of year
4: all throughout the month I'd have pumpkin stew, pumpkin pie, pumpkin bread, <laughs> pumpkin soup. <laughs> <laughs>
3: pumpkin three times a day, nearly. I, I, I take it you don't have to take much sun or use any tan. You, you must be uh, orange glow, are you, and all that oh, pumpkin stuff?
4: I'm very Donald Trump like.
3: <laughs> oh, is that Trump's secret? He eats a lot of pumpkins. I just wonder has he a uh, pumpkin somewhere else in his body as well? Because he doesn't seem to have too much uh, in the end where you're supposed to think a little. Anyway, that's for another day. Um, Tell me this uh, you're open until when? Open today and open again tomorrow. Okay, and and that's it then?
4: That's it then, yeah. Halloween is all over. We have to start worrying about Christmas.
3: Okay, and you you move on then from that. Now, you're the accidental, may I say, pumpkin farmer because this is a family farm, but of course this is a new departure for the family farm in, in recent years. You went to the States, did you, to have a look at this, or how this operates, or is that where you got the idea from?
4: Yeah, I got the idea. I went to America for a year, to help them with their harvest so you travel around a lot with combines and lorries and you start in Arizona and you make your way up to Canada and then you come back down again doing corn soybeans in the autumn and when I was there you could see pumpkins growing in fields and it took a while for me to figure out what they actually were because I'd never seen anything like it before just these large red orange round things dotted around fields and you can see anything over there anyway because they grow all kinds of stuff but um Come October then, there was pumpkin patches everywhere. They were very popular. Every village would have one, and there were makeshifting pumpkin patches in ultra uh, stations. They were putting them in gardens. There was all kinds of stuff all around, all revolving around pumpkins. So when I came home, I thought I'd give it a go, and I'd plant a few, and we just went off from there.
3: Brilliant, brilliant. And I know you have more strings to your bow, which we'll talk to you about again. Hopefully when uh, the work eases down about, we'll meet up here in studio, and can tell us the story of how you... Uh, Came to be a pumpkin farmer. So, when you finish tomorrow with Halloween and I take it you've pumped some pumpkins left, what will you do with those then?
4: I'll, uh, a lot of those I give to uh, chickens. Uh, a friend of mine, he brings them for turkeys because the seeds were very good for the oh, yeah. poultry because they're mm. a, a, a very good natural worm. So, they're very keen for that.
3: Okay, so there won't be anything going to waste. All pumpkins used. All pumpkins used, Gerry, yeah. Terrific. You have a great story. Listen, I know you're out in the middle, so we can hear the wind in the background there. It's not too bad, thank God, today, and we got you loud and clear. Good luck to you for the next couple of busy days, and it's great to think that in the northeast we have you. You're the number one pumpkin man in Ireland. All right, Pumpkins Grove Gardens near Fordstown. You're not far there from Causey Farm, are you?
4: No, we'd be right in between Grove Gardens and Causey Farm.
3: Okay, so that's, that's in the middle. That's where he is. And anyone who's looking for a, a late deal on a pumpkin or wants to get out and you can pick your own, isn't that the thing as well? Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's the great thing about it. Over you go. Give Tom a shout; he'd be delighted to see you. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for t- for joining us on the show today. Thanks, Jerry. Have a good day. Bye you bye. too. Bye bye. Bye bye. There you go. That's the man himself, number one pumpkin man. In Ireland, he has the biggest farm in Ireland. Interesting, isn't it, that it's here in the North East Halloween tomorrow. Yes, it's not far away at this stage. Now, we're looking for the mascot, and thank you very much. Uh, The messages are coming in loud and clear to us by text and WhatsApp, nominating children to lead Dundalk out in the Cup Final on Sunday. If you have a child, a grandchild, a relative, a friend or whatever, who you'd like to see lead out Stephen Kenny's men at the Aviva on Sunday, get in touch with us now. Tell us why they should be mascot, quick as you can because we're picking somebody before the end of late lunch today. 086-1800-658 by text and WhatsApp. Also on the cup final, because we're cup final mad here on LMFM this week, it's fever round the station. We have a great competition for... Everybody, Because as we build up to the Cup Final, the Daily Mail Cup Final, it's Cork and Dundalk again for the fourth year. And to celebrate Dundalk's return to the Aviva, we've partnered up with the Daily Mail, Ireland's best family newspaper, and our friends at Matthew's Coaches to offer you the chance to be there to roar on the Lily Whites. We're taking a busload of loyal listeners to the latest big match in a season f- full of big games for Dundalk, stopping at the City North Hotel for a full Irish breakfast breakfast on Sunday, get you in the mood for the final. All you have to do is simply tune in all this week to LMFM. And when you hear the presenters play, come on the town. Have we got it there, Louise? Let's hear it. Come on the town. Yes, when you hear that, you'll hear it at some stage in late. Not now. not now. don't do it now. You'll hear it between now and half past three. When you hear that, text bus 086 100 that's text bus to 086 100 with your name and where you are and you'll be in the draw and we'll be in touch with the people who'll be filling up that bus and they're filling them up filling up the seats on that bus since yesterday afternoon short break on lmfm radio and then it's mr president michael d higgins and the tea cozy
1: the late lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over two hundred and fifty quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at
3: BlackstoneMotors.ie. Well, he won hands down across the country. Yes, Michael D. Higgins returned as president, winning in every single constituency in Ireland. And I was just thinking about it, said nothing about the elections during the campaign. We don't do politics here on Late Lunch, but just a few thoughts. What a waste the election was. Why did we ever have an election? One of the most popular presidents we've had in an awful long time uh, in the country uh, for the last seven years. Uh, and... You know, they talk about waste and we're talking to him about it as well I'll tell you one thing, you know, he uh, they said he changed his mind Well, you know what, aren't we entitled to change our minds? Can't anybody change their minds if they want to? So that's what life is about You can't have your thoughts or anything uh, in stone Things change, you get new advice, new information He's in good health He's not a massive age, ageism, nonsense Look at the Queen, she's nearly a hundred and flying along as well And you know something, he has a great record of public service and what's come to the fore is that you're not going to be president of this country if you don't have some sort of a record in public service, that is for sure. And hasn't he done a great job representing us at home and abroad, welcoming people to the oris, turning up when he needs to? Yes, he signs off on legislation and the council estate is part of his remit, but it's not really a political or an issues office per se, which the campaign turned into. Yes, they should have just come forward and said, listen, it's a job I'd like, I'm good with people, there's a big house and a nice salary. And I think if people were more honest who were running for it and said that, they might have garnered more votes. But there you have it. That's just my little tuppence word of my soapbox on the President this afternoon. And I wish Michael D. Higgins all the very best for the next seven years. If he does half as good as he did in the last seven I for one will be a very happy camper and it looks like the whole of the country that voted for him in every constituency will be as well Anyway, with this in mind we decided to celebrate the re-election of Michael D. Higgins as President of Ireland today in a very particular way You see, Margaret Lynch knows President Higgins intimately and knows he can blow hot or cold because she's been knitting President T. Higgins tea cosies for an awful long time and she's on the line Hello Margaret Hello. I believe you're having a cup of tea there, are you? I am,
5: yes. And did you keep <laughs> your tea not?
3: hot? Did you keep your tea hot with the president's cosy? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> are you a tea woman? Tea leaves or tea bags?
5: Oh, tea
3: bags. Oh, you're the I have tea. No
5: time for those. messing... with, with
3: the leaves and the straining and all no, that. I understand. No, I understand. No, I understand. No, no. It is messy indeed. Tell me your story. How long are you knitting these cozies?
5: Um, at least three years now. Are <laughs> you? hmm Why
3: did you Thanks. start? What prompted it?
5: Um, they were on Gogglebox and one of my friends asked me to have a go with it, so I did, and uh, I just haven't
3: stopped since. Non-stop. And you're in demand? The people want um, these cosies?
5: Oh, they do, yeah. They're kind of bidding higher than what they actually should be paying and stuff like that, you know?
3: Yeah, and, and what would? It, what, 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 how much would it cost me for a, a President T Higgins tea cosy? 35 euro. Okay, and that's my tea Hot forevermore, amen. Yes, of course. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and listen, with your demand and the amount you've been selling and people want, sure, you would have been a great barometer before the election was called or during the election to say, look, this man is going to sail back into the office.
5: That's what he keeps saying to me, OK? Yeah. be knitting forever.
3: Absolutely, and you're going to be now. Do you expect a jump in demand for the cosies? Uh,
5: it's hard to know. You know, yeah. I was
3: hoping that Mrs. Doyle would come on saying, but no. So yeah, you, I'd say there will be. You the, uh, listen, there will be. the The dust is only settling after the election, Margaret. There's that's going to true. be. Have you a pattern? We were looking at one there where where you have him in a little uh, dark Aaron and uh, his, his lovely little visage and his little flecky hair on his head and everything. Is that the one you do? Is that just that's your? That's
5: my one. Yeah. That's
3: your one. That's your one in particular, yeah. is it?
5: Yeah. And that's. I don't I don't do patterns I kind of make them as I go along
3: okay and that's the one you'll stick to with the Michael T. Higgins ones your ones
5: yeah that's what I put my name on that one and if somebody else does it then I will know (laughs)
3: <laughs> OK, so that's your trademark. Now, you knit, besides President Higgins, I was looking at your Facebook page. Oh, my God, you are so talented. You mentioned the Mrs. Doyle there from Father Ted. You've been yeah. turning out those as well. But you've turned out anything and everything. Besides the President, what else is popular?
5: Um, It's hard to say. It depends on who wants what, you know. You? I got um, an order there the other evening for michael d in a navy suit and i said oh i've never done one of them let's
3: have a go okay so you're going to vary from your aaron one now to do these for that person what about mrs brown mrs brown
5: yes yeah uh, she's not that popular but i do her as well
3: okay and also i saw somebody else's there you have loads of knitted dolls that you do how long are you at this
5: um seven years it started off with um I worked in a nursing home and we had a lady come in and she had these perco dolls and we were asking her would she do some for a fundraiser and she kept saying no, no, no so then I came across the pattern and I did it and so we raised 700 and something for the nursing home so it just hasn't stopped
3: So you started there yourself and it's continued ever since Yep Is knitting difficult?
5: Ah well, if you're trying to figure out patterns, I find it quite difficult at times as well.
3: And what do you require? I'd say I take it it's a very patient game. Do you need a lot of patience to do it? Mm, sort of.
5: You just get in a rut with it, and you just don't know when to put it down. Yeah, just keep going and going.
3: And how often do you knit? Every day. Every single day. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> so from two o'clock in the morning, i would be here knitting. <laughs> No way, really? Mm, yep. Holy God, so the needles... I don't to put it down. Okay, so people, we're talking about people on this show uh, on numerous occasions being addicted to social media and phones. You're addicted to the needles, the knitting needles. The knitting needles, yeah. <laughs> so you'll pick them up at any stage. If you're waking at night, you'll do a bit of knitting. What about, can you watch telly? Do you like watching telly and knitting away?
5: I've only two programmes I watch. And at the end, I just switch off. I don't listen or whatever.
3: Two programmes? Two. And what are they again? What two do you watch?
5: Oh, uh, First City and um, EastEnders and That's it? That's
3: it. And nothing else interests you on television? No. So therefore, you have plenty of time to devote to the needles <laughs> and the knitting as well.
5: Yeah, I suppose it's just because I just like to do and coming up with these things, you know?
3: Yeah. And is it relaxing?
5: Oh... I don't find it
3: relaxing. Do you not? No. It tests you, does it a wee bit?
5: It does, because you've got somebody waiting on something and you're trying to meet the demand all
3: the time. It just yeah. can be a bit... I see, All yeah. Oh, the top. So there is a little bit of a challenge in it as well. Odd so um, you have a Facebook page. What's that Facebook page? Margaret's Knitted Dolls, is that it? That's yeah. correct, yeah. yeah. I encourage people to go and have a look at this, Margaret's Knitted Dolls on Facebook. It's absolutely fantastic. And the array that you've done there. I see, um, do I see the wise men? Do you knit crib characters? Oh, yeah,
5: the Christmas crib, yes. Yeah.
3: So you knit, you knit. Would you knit the um, the wise men I see there, and the shepherds, and everything, all all the characters in the crib? Yes. Yeah, yeah. God, that must be interesting to have a knitted crib. Do you get much demand for that?
5: No, because people just find it too expensive. But I have had a few of them, you know. Yeah, yeah. We I also
3: did
5: one for the nursing home as well where I worked.
3: Yeah, it'd be very different, I have to say, to what you normally yeah. come across as well. To have uh, knitted, chari- knitted, you know, those all those characters in the group I thought it was lovely. I, I spotted those there as well. I suppose mm. other children's children's programs and children's characters they lend themselves to knitted replicas, yeah, that's don't they? True,
5: yeah. yeah, yeah, they do it as well. Yeah.
3: Mm, interesting. Interesting. So anyway, it's Michael T. Higgins in a in a suit. The Aaron Cardigan is there, but you're going to do him now in a suit. You have an order for this. Yes, yeah. <laughs> must be. It must be for the inauguration. A new suit. <laughs> no. he, he has for that one. So you'll have to. You'll have to keep yeah, a, yeah. a good close eye on that. So there you are. The re-election of Michael D. Higgins has a uh, a boost for the knitting uh, economy already. <laughs> of course. Thanks for joining me, Margaret. Appreciate okay. it. Take care of yourself. You. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's Margaret Lynch there, and she is a woman who they first appeared. They did. They first appeared on Gogglebox, and now Margaret is a. Uh, taking up the cudgel there and knitting away there. Check her out. It's lovely. Honestly, you want to see the work she has. Margaret's Knitted Dolls. To celebrate the launch of their 2018 Christmas Party Packages and 2019 Wedding Packages, the Crown Plaza in Dundalk are giving you the chance to win a four-course dinner for two with a bottle of wine at their fabulous rooftop restaurant with views across Dundalk and North Louth. Now... We're going to have a winner each day on Late Lunch, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and all four names will go into the hat on Friday, this Friday. And one of the winners will receive an overnight B and B in their luxurious honeymoon suite. What about that? So today it's a four course meal for two and a bottle of wine at the rooftop up for grabs. The number you have to text your answer to or WhatsApp it is oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight. And here's the question: The Crown Plaza opened in two thousand and seven. Or 2008? Which is it? Did the hotel there, the Crown Plaza and Dundalk, open 2007 or 2008? Answers to those numbers as quick as you can, and we'll pick a winner before the end of this afternoon's show. Now let's roll back the clock to Bank Holiday Sunday. What a day I had up before the crack of dawn, and away to Dublin with Team Carry for the Dublin City Marathon. And this is What Happened.
6: running the they running a marathon. same every of us. We are ready. <laughs>
3: David Carey, oh my god the electricity is just flowing through everybody at this moment in time that was really, really special here we are,
6: today's the day I know, can't wait Jerry. we're just an hour before the, the going goes off now at 9 o'clock here for the 2018 SSE Dublin Marathon really looking forward to it uh, we've rallied the troops we've got them motivated and, and we've been motivating them for the last 22 weeks so uh, really looking forward to it uh, conditions is perfect it's going to be between six and eight degrees. A little bit chilly now, and uh, it's four degrees at the moment, but it's going to be perfect for long distance running six or eight degrees. So we're all looking forward. They've already run the marathon to get to, this, to, the, to the start line. So, I mean, this is the lap of honour, and by God, I'll tell you, we're really, really going to enjoy it. It's, it's, it's a special day. It really is. There's no doubt about it. We have 32 people running the marathon for the first time out of 118. So it's a really,
3: really special day. Well, there you have it. They're uh, revving up. For the 2018 Dublin City Marathon We're here in the heart of the city On Bank Holiday Sunday 28th of October 2018 And they've done it They're here, 118 runners from Team Carry Have made it to the start line And they're just going to make their way there now And we're going to have a word in a few moments With our three featured runners Mandy Hatch, Denise Hughes And Kieran Brennan Who we've been with all the way on late lunch To this very, very special day Great. Denise Hughes is with me here as uh, she heads towards the start of the Dublin Marathon well Denise, here we are, do you remember we chatted first off when the training began and today's the day how are you feeling?
7: Um, it's a lot of emotions, mixed emotions uh, just glad to be here it's a beautiful morning um, and just the excitement, you can feel it. it's building up and everybody's in great spirits and it really is our final lap of honour and This is exactly where I'm going to treat it. My final lap of honour and just run and enjoy the day. And yeah, the the emotions, I just probably can't put them into words as of yet. There's excitement and there was a few tears back there at the Conrad, but um, yeah, it's all coming together.
3: A year ago, this was not possible for you.
7: No, it wasn't at all. And I honestly stand at that start line last year. I never thought that this year I would be on the start line myself. So yeah, it's a big thing. It's enormous for me and it's enormous to comprehend I'm closing the chapter on last year and this is me being able to move forward mm. and I know 26 miles is not easy but yeah, bring it on.
3: Especially when you've come through the time you've had with your cancer journey.
7: Yes yeah, yeah. it was, it was a tough year and I just want to give a shout out to my family, who were a brilliant support and I really do truly believe they got me better quicker with their support and they were, nothing was a problem and from my mum, to my brothers and my sisters, to Martin, even to my two children, Molly and Daisy. I just want to give a big shout out. And also to my aunties and uncles, from the little things to Texas, to driving you up to chemo, sitting with you and driving you up to radium every day. and They know who they were. There's too many to mention, but every one of them, thank you and thanks very much.
3: Oh, it's lovely that you remember them today. Yeah. But this is so special for you. Did you sleep well?
7: I did actually <laughs> we stayed up in Dublin uh, last night and we're staying again tonight just to add to the, the day and yeah I did actually I slept well so I'm ready for it and I ate well this morning too <laughs> that's
3: very important isn't it very. when you have 26.2 miles to do any butterflies?
7: yeah right more yesterday I, I was kind of twinge with a little bit of sadness yesterday if I'm really honest I think of the reality of it all but um, no today it's joy it's joy it really.
3: joy it is come on let's make yeah, this joy let's. happen and I'll see you on the finish line Denise I can't wait Jerry. I admire you so much thank you're brilliant. wonderful thank, thank you Jerry
7: thanks very much
3: I found her at last we're walking the streets of Dublin looking for her and she's still here in the foyer of the hotel with all our fan club yes, yes Mandy Hatch I'm not going to say good morning because you see I've been on the coach on the way off with all the guys and can I tell you something Having listened to you on the coach for, what, 40 minutes, I think I've run a marathon already. <laughs> you were worried that the clock wouldn't change and the alarm wouldn't go off. Oh,
8: Jerry, I was up in arms, yeah. I wasn't sure that the L mobile phone would change itself, but uh, it did, yeah, and I got
3: up, so I'm grand, I'm here. <laughs> you are certainly here. And tell them what you had to eat yesterday.
8: Oh, I ate that much food. you think I was in death row. I had a massive dinner last night. It was, I don't know, I'd feed an 18-stone man and try the bun and everything after.
3: I'm well filled. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> you certainly are. You were saying you, you're you feeling a little bit jittery, a little bit anxious.
8: Oh, well, I am, Jerry. yeah. Um, I suppose last year I went into it and it was my first one and I knew nothing. And now I know a little bit more, and uh, yeah, you know, just a little bit anxious, but I'll be grand once I go.
3: You're the heart of Team Carrie. <laughs> The, the woman who leads the, the the party and the joy. Because on that bus this morning, you just had everybody revved up.
8: Oh, Jerry, it's all about the buzz. like I mean, you can't take it too seriously. We know, we're trained for it, so you might as well just enjoy the crack now. You're all set. <laughs> I'm all set, Jerry. I'm raring to go.
3: 26.2, second Dublin Marathon. What does it mean to be here today and heading out that door and down to the start?
8: I'm just thrilled I've made it, Jerry. Like, you know, I had the injury in between and I wasn't sure I would make it and I was heartbroken over that. I managed to come back, so I'm just absolutely thrilled. And All the people that can't run, all the injured people, the sick people, I'm just blessed to be able to do it. So I'm not too worried about the time. I'm just going to go around and I'm just going to enjoy it and I'm going to wave to people and have the crack and I can't wait for the party later. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you are a party girl, that's for sure. Tell me about the tattoos you got done last year after the race.
8: Well, I have minions on my leg from Dublin and the reason I have minions on my legs <laughs> is out in Dunlea where we train on the long runs on the way back in those um, tyres and little barrels and they're painted into minions so it'd be in a long run you'd see them 16, 18, 20 miles and every time I'd see them I'd say oh thank god I see the minions so that's me home so I got the minions to on my leg.
3: Yeah. What a great story that is. Yeah. Any plans for more tattoos after today?
8: Oh, yeah. Well, I've one from Manchester on my leg as well, so I've the walker bee from Manchester on my leg. This is, me, this is me marathon leg, Jerry. You intend to fill it. <laughs> Talk to me in ten years. I'll have a full leg.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we won't see any flesh. Mandy, good luck to you. You're Thanks, a Jerry. tonic, I have Thank to you. say. And I'll see you at the finish line. You will
8: indeed. Thanks You'll indeed. hear me. Yay!
3: <laughs> yes, and here come the first wave of runners. I'm on the roadside early doors of the Dublin Marathon and many Team Carry members passing us by here. Thousands and thousands of runners. You can hear the clank and the click of their footwear on the roads as we're surrounded by runners
9: pouring forward.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And in case you're wondering who those lunatics are, it's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's the support crew for Team Kerry here this morning on the road, encouraging them along. Eva Loughran's here. Eva, you're supporting today. You've been out there yourself.
7: Supporting today, Jerry. No running, but this is brilliant because it doesn't matter that we're not running. We're here. We're doing what people have done for us for years in the past at Team Kerry, and we're supporting today, and I couldn't be prouder of them. They're doing a great job.
3: It's marvellous, isn't it? Uh, Some sight.
7: It's really good for your soul to come out and watch a marathon. And all the charities today that people get involved it and you know, um, create, get money for and support them. There's Anthony Newman going by us there from Dalir, and it's just fantastic. Yeah, do your heart good to come out and watch.
0: <laughs> My husband,
3: <laughs> Roisin Cassidy's all excited. Our husband has just passed there. I'm just a little envious
5: because I wasn't fit enough to run this year with an injury in London, so it's kind of like it's hard watching but great to support at the same time, yeah, you know, because it it's just it's we're a big family and you just love them all.
3: But you miss it, you do miss it, today. Absolutely,
5: I can't wait to get fighting fit for again next year. Year 10
3: as well with Carrie next year Absolutely. can't be missed. So, sure, listen,
5: he's an amazing man, such an inspiration. Like, and I, I've been lucky enough not only to call him a coach, I, he's my friend. And I've worked with him for six years, like, he's amazing. And and Aileen, we've done a little marathon this year, but it was very different one in London.
3: <laughs> lovely, 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 and fine words there about David Carrie, of course, and Aileen the two people who drive this along every year. Yes, it's well underway here and uh, Team Carry, 118 of them running this marathon in 2018 and it's a privilege I have to say that I'm here with them on this very special Bank Holiday Sunday. There's Mandy! There's Mandy! Yes! There's Mandy! Yay! We've spotted her! Yes, great stuff. Just looking for Denise now. There she is! There is Denise!
1: Denise. Go team carry! Go get it Denise!
3: Yeah, she's just passed it by. Fantastic. So we've spotted them all now as they're on their way on this wonderful journey. Remember only 1% of the population ever do a marathon. 1% of the world population. And we have 118 team carry members here in Dublin City this October Bank Holiday Sunday. And our three featured from the team are there as well and here come more, 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 more people from Team Carry making their way by as we oh speak God, and all really enjoying themselves so away they go, we wish them well safe journey round and we'll be at the finish to see how they get on
1: yes we're here at
3: the finish now, the morning has moved on towards afternoon and we're anticipating the arrival of the man himself, David Carey. I'm looking at the clock here. It's two minutes, 57, 30 seconds on the clock. We're eagerly looking down the field as the runners pour in now at this stage. Sarah Gardner's hallucinating. You do see him. You do see David Carey. Here he is. He's going to make it. He's going to make it on the tree. Get
5: in! Here Here he is. Here he is. Here he is. David
3: Carey, congratulations. I know all your energy is spent. How does that feel to beat the three hours? Oh, amazing, Jerry! Absolutely amazing.
6: Dublin's alive and well. I give it everything today. Three weeks after in Chicago. 31 years ago, I ran my first marathon in 2.29. And I'm still running well under the three hours. It's amazing. It's amazing. Thank God for good health.
3: Congratulations <laughs>
5: to you. How many marathons is that now? I
6: actually don't know.
3: <laughs> you
6: <laughs> can't uh, a good health. Yeah. I'm happy, man. Now for the
3: 1118. David Carey there. What a legend of a man he is. Kieran, how are yeah, you? you, just, You've just crossed the line. Just crossed the line. I'm how are you feeling? I'm wrecked by the
10: uh, happy. Happy I'm there, Jerry. Happy. How did it go for you? It went all right. It went all right. Uh, the last couple of miles I've been very tough, Jerry. Very tough, I'd have to say. But, look, uh, all I can say is I probably couldn't do better than I did there today. So, I give it everything. Uh, I'm happy. I'm across the line. I'm going down to collect the counters now in a second and... Uh, I'd be happy then. Let's by. walk
3: down this way. Come on, okay. walk with me. We we'll get yeah, away from we'll get... <laughs> Even if you can manage a few steps. Yeah. Look at Joe over here. Wants oh, to take your photograph. Look with the team carry crew. Put your hands up there. Go on, Jerry! <laughs> Joe. Joe. <laughs> when you meet Joe, you know you're there. That is for sure. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Well done, Joe. Ah, oh, look at what a run. It's just a great just, achievement. Just, and I want good. to remind people again, the, the, the special part. You special part in this marathon is you were involved in the designing of the medal, and you're going to pick one up now. I'm going to pick one up? Yeah, I saw it. Uh, Look, I, I, we, I co-wrote a
10: proposal that was sent into the into the marathon organisers, and uh, they chose that idea, which was Countess Markovitch to mark 100 years of women getting the right to vote, which. When I worked in the Rockies. I was involved in, 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 in organising. So uh, that medal there is now, that that's medal. I, I had some little input into Jerry. so my God, it's great to be able to collect it at the end of the day. It's great to be crossing the finish line. It's great that I don't have to do another long run after this. It's uh, just absolutely fantastic. Great feeling, great feeling. Are you sapped? Are you sapped with energy? Absolutely sapped, absolutely. I've, I've nothing left. I've nothing there in the tank now. I couldn't have done a better run today, I think. I couldn't have done any faster, any better. Look, I'm just happy
3: you were sub for You're hours as well I
10: was yeah yeah so on, that's great it's always great to get in under under you under, to uh, you, under a, 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 a you on under marker so that. That's fantastic. I didn't do sub so four last year, so it's great to do sub so four this year. So, again, a lot, a lot of achievements in in, in, in this one little day, in, and uh, I'm happy, Jerry. I'm happy, you know.
3: So, what's the plan now? A, a
10: shower and a relaxation. Shower, relaxation. Then? I might, I might stretch to a pint. Ah, why not? Yeah, why not? I might, I might just stretch to a pint now or <laughs> uh, whatever. So, I think, I think. You know, it's it's one that you can sit back and relax and enjoy. You can indeed. Well, yeah. Karen,
3: look, it's been a pleasure. I miss you at the start. I know I mentioned this morning, then we couldn't locate you. So there's twenty thousand people here. Yeah, very hard. Uh, look, you went off uh, as, as on schedule, and you've completed it in style here today and a lovely day and a
10: happy day, Jerry. Happy day for everybody. You know, it's great. I saw my family out there and they were having to cheer me on, and it was great. You know, it just makes it all that much better. You know, just be able to do it and and uh, and you know, see people you know and see all the people. Supporting team carry out there, fantastic. And okay, again, thanks to David and Aileen for really helping us guys across the line. Without them, I don't know, I wouldn't be doing marathons. you know, that's the bottom line here, you know.
3: Well done, Karen. Mandy Hatch is coming to the finish line, on, just over five that's hours it. on the on, uh, clock. Here she comes, come on, let's hear it for her. <laughs> Let me fly and grab hold of her here. Mandy, Mandy, don't run away from me. <laughs> come on up here, come on, come on. Come up here till I talk to you. Congratulations, you've done it. Well, you're just over the line. How are you feeling? Absolutely delighted, Jerry.
8: I did Annie uh, about last year's time. I'm just so happy. I'm just, <laughs> you're out of breath. <laughs> yeah,
3: I know. Yeah, gather your breath there. Go on, yeah. catch your breath. It's been a tough year. You've had that injury. It nearly looked like you weren't going to do the marathon. And now you've done it, and in a faster time than ever.
8: Yeah, I don't know. It's very fluky, isn't it? <laughs> I must be lucky. I'm just thrilled, though. I am. I really am thrilled. And I mean, for anyone who can't run, it's a pleasure to be able to run a marathon. You know. So I'm just thrilled.
3: How was the run, the 26 miles? Did, was it comfortable for you? Did you struggle at any stage?
8: Uh, yeah, I did a bit. I always struggle in the middle, around 15, 16 miles. I always get a little bit of, oh, this is a long way to go. And But I got through it. Like, I just battled through it. Mind games, you talk to yourself and you push yourself along. But uh, no, it was grand. I'm just thrilled. I don't know what to say. It's just deadly. No,
3: I know what to say because I
11: heard you on the bus. I was here wigging you on the way up this morning.
3: You are one who talks to people going round in the Martin. Did you do much chat today? I did
8: indeed. I had a few chats along the way. (laughs) I asked a few people were they all right and they were asking me, was I all right? Yeah, I love to chat Jerry on the way around, do you know what I mean? I'm not super fast and I just do what I can but if somebody's struggling I like to give them a quick you know, you alright, how's things? You know, is everything okay? So yeah i like to do that. Mean, and if you have to walk with them, you'd walk with them I don't mind.
3: And some people talk and others don't, and it's mix and match.
8: I make them talk to me, Terry.
3: <laughs> you couldn't but talk to Mandy Had. So for you, what does this mean today? Again, to cross the marathon line. This is Marathon Number...
2: Selling a little or a lot? Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.
0: Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh, jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh, let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
6: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot.
3: Three, you're third down now.
8: Yeah, we'll have another one booked, Cherry, as well.
3: <laughs> in Clona Kilty. Oh, so you're going there to do number four this year? Yeah, on the 8th of December. Oh <laughs> ah, well done to you. And will you come back for 2019? Oh, without a doubt.
8: Yeah, I'll always do Dublin. As long as I can, I'll always do Dublin. I love Dublin. I love Dublin. It's great.
3: And now it's a nice shower and a lovely evening ahead.
8: A few points, Gerry, yeah. Deadly, can't we?
3: Mandy, congratulations. Delighted. It's been a real pleasure being with you all year. Well done again.
8: Thank you. Thank you.
3: Denise Hughes is almost here the excitement is building here she comes look at her look at her coming oh my god look at her here she comes to the finish line this is just so extra special here she goes go over the line yay oh what a job what a job what a job job. (laughs) give me a hug oh come here I've been waiting for you waiting for you willing you over the line go on catch your breath catch your breath Denise Hughes what does this mean right on the finish line of the Dublin Marathon
7: oh unbelievable Jerry! unbelievable it was tough very very tough struggle at mile 11 so oh god is this it now am I going to get
0: home
7: uh,
6: mile 18 20 very
7: emotional I think I cried the whole way between them when I got to mile 22, I knew I was going to finish it. And I knew I, I didn't walk once, and I knew I wouldn't walk. It just something clicked at mile 22 and I said, yes,
3: this is it. So
7: before that, there was a,
3: a tough few miles Oh, three. yeah, yeah,
7: it was tough. And I forgot how hard a marathon is. But I just powered through. So I slowed down. So took a few gels, Nurofen
8: and I came back yeah,
7: yeah and then got going again
8: and then as I said mile 16, 18, they were emotionally
7: tough and it was like all the emotion was caught up in my chest and uh, yeah I'm just so delighted Jerry, and coming up and meeting family and friends along that route it's, you, know, you only realise how important they are especially with are family and friends and they all even now they still come together for you and they're on that route and the high fives and the hugs and it was powerful
8: powerful
3: your sister has done it what a year it's been Catherine honest to God this
8: time last year it was a completely different story I'm just so so proud of her she is amazing and I ran the Martin today and the goal got tough for me I just said, Denise, 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 over and over again. She's an inspiration. She's amazing. So she is absolutely amazing.
3: Denise, it's been a, an honour for me and a pleasure to be with you from your journey started back in May to today. To be at this finishing line with you is extra special. It really is. Congratulations.
7: Thank you, Jerry. I really appreciate and your support of the LMFM and David and Aileen, the support they gave us all the way. It's amazing. And it really is a team. And that's the glory of Team Carry. It's a team, and you meet people walking along the route, or you just give them a high fire, touch them on the shoulders, and saying, how are you? And keep going. And, you know, it is a team spirit, it really is.
3: Well, you've more than kept going and inspired all of us. Congratulations again. Have a great time tonight. Thank
7: you, Jerry. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you.
3: David, we say goodbye to Team Carry for 2018, year nine. Year 10, you've told us already, will be the finale for Team Carry. Oh my God, 2019, we're only finishing today. I can't wait for it to begin again because I know it's going to be a really special year.
6: It is, and I mean, it was 2009 and the man actually uh, standing behind us is Eugene Coppinger. He asked me to pace the three-hour group in, in 2009 and that's when my light bulb went on when I idea setting up my own marathon training group team, Kerry. So I started in 2010 as a project, as a one-off project, Jerry, And here we are nine, nine years later, we have 960 people now that has successfully completed the marathon. We've raised over 400,000 now, so next year is our 10th year, and I'm really looking forward to our final year. We are going to give it 120% again next year and get as many across the line as possible. So we're really looking forward to our final year, and I want to take this opportunity thanking you, Gerry Kelly, and LMFM Late Lunch. You've been supporting us since day one. When I came to you, uh, I said, "Jerry, I have an idea. And the words you said, I like it. Come in and have a chat. We'll talk about it. And here's Jerry Kelly. We're well, in the first year, in 2010. And here you are in 2018 in the finish line again.
3: Absolutely, David. Thanks so much. And here's to 2019. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks a million.
1: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie.
3: Did you know this, that gum disease increases your stroke risk and that yellow teeth are not unhealthy? Uh, Dr David Murnahan is here with us this afternoon from Boyne Dental and Implant Clinic and I'm delighted to welcome him back to the show. David, it's really good to see you again. Thank you for joining me.
9: Good afternoon, Jay. Thanks a million. Gum disease we're
3: going to talk about in particular in a moment, but here's the thing, and I'm really disappointed when I read this and learn about it, that we're really bad at looking after our teeth in Ireland. How bad are we, David?
9: Yes, it's shocking. The statistics Jerry, show that 58% of um, the population in Ireland don't attend the dentist unless they're in an emergency appointment, which is shocking. That that would be much worse than our European counterparts from the UK or, or American. Um, and I think it's just something that's in our DNA from historically um, our parents or grandparents had the fear of going to the dentist and then the funding in the system wasn't really there the way the NHS for example in the UK is or in America with insurance systems Um, so it never really got into the habit of going every six months to the dentist and to a hygienist to get the cleaning
3: We should go twice a year, yes
9: Absolutely, yeah. The ideal definitely would be twice a year and really as a minimum once a year. And nowadays, um, we do have the government are paying for PAYE, PRSI um, patients for their checkups every year. Um, Medical card, they get their checkup once a year. But even when it's there, it's free for the majority of people. We're still not availing of it. I can't
3: believe this. And I want to say to people today, if you do nothing now based on David's conversation with us, please take up that free free, free offer from the government. Once a year, you can go for free. And let me tell you something, David, let you in a little one here. I'm self-employed. Mm-hmm. And for the first time I went recently, I go twice a year myself, uh, I was able to claim this first visit. You know what I mean? Now, it might be my second that's, visit of yeah, the year. But that's, but
9: only, that's only a, it's only a new thing, yes. and as well as that with the hygiene. So to get the teeth clean for a long time, that wasn't subsidised yes. in any way. But nowadays, um, you'll get most likely um you'll get a uh, clean subsidized so for example, in my clinic, generally you'll pay now only €15 Euros to get the teeth cleaned with the hygienist for half an hour. Um, so really, there isn't anyone out there yes. um, that isn't able to avail of this. Is
3: there a nicer feeling than having all your teeth cleaned and you can feel all those gaps and the air flow through them and everything? There's something really special about yeah.
9: it. It's, just, it's nice, it's fresh, yeah. but it's, it's one of these things that whenever you have a chronic disease or a chronic problem, that seems normal to you. So what is abnormal... If it's, if it's the way you are every day, it, it can mm. become. Um, can I
3: can I ask you this first before we go on to the gum disease? For people with young children who have baby teeth and they arrive and they have them there, is it important that small children brush regularly as well, with those, even though they're going to lose those teeth?
9: It is, absolutely. I have four young kids myself um, and... The seven-year-old and five-year-old are great at brushing their teeth morning and evenings and we don't have a problem but I supervise it and the seven-year-old a little bit less but the the five-year-old still I brush her teeth as well as her brushing her own but I have a two-year-old and it's a boy different than the girls maybe just not as obedient and um, doesn't (laughs) follow direction the same and but it is. I I can understand now how parents can find it difficult to brush their teeth. He he's a bit of a demon when it comes. to Yes, but to you it. have to stick at it, haven't yeah. you? What age should you start at? You should be starting as the, well. My youngest is nine months old, um, and he has um, four teeth through now. But I don't I don't really brush his teeth to yeah. to be fair. Um, I think once you get to. Um, one and a quarter, one and a half, that sort of age. You should, you should introduce it then. Trying to, yeah, well, just a pea sized amount of the kids' toothpaste. And um, There's all different ages for different fluoride amounts. So if you're looking any of your supermarkets or pharmacies or dental practices, you'll see what's recommended for the certain So get
3: brushing with them from about a year and a half and keep them at it morning and night because the
9: baby teeth are important. They have a function, haven't they? It is. Well, it's it's all habit. It's all getting used to looking after your teeth. So it's great to start the right way initially. But also um, it's really important to try and keep your baby teeth because they're forming the spaces. Why do we in Ireland all need so many braces, etc.? A big part of that is because we've lost so many teeth. 50% of kids, I think, by the age of six, already have tooth decay in Ireland. So again, it is shocking numbers. and um, There were stats out there a couple of years ago of 10,000 kids a year. And getting teeth removed under general anaesthetic, which is an extreme procedure. It's shocking. It yeah. really
3: is shocking. So the keeping of the baby teeth for as long as possible is vital to the development beneath of, of the, the adult, adult teeth. teeth. So yeah. that's the message today. Yeah. Let's talk about gum disease. Um, the most common problem, not just in Ireland, but across Europe as well. How can you tackle it? How can you prevent gum disease?
9: Well, I think the number one thing is most likely education and um, so educating people about it Um people very often they'll have bleeding gums and they ignore it again they just think that's normal Um an ad that was on telly a couple of years ago showed a lady and her eyes started bleeding and then it said well you go to the doctor wouldn't you why do you ignore your gums and um, so I, th- I think we need to get away from thinking bleeding gums is normal and um, it's not normal and um, there's a lot of bacteria in the mouth a lot of bacteria is healthy but too much of it isn't, and that's getting into your blood system, which is causing, as you said, an awful, lot, more an awful lot
3: of other problems. But to prevent gum disease, what is this about? Is it regular brushing? Is it the way you brush That you know you can brush the mm. teeth on the surface and do a quick brush on that as well. But it's important, is it to get down into the gums?
9: Yeah, yeah. So there's an awful lot of factors. Um you can be genetically susceptible, um, so just it's in your family and you often hear my mother and my father lost the teeth young, and um, then you've smokers, smoking's really really bad and then you've got the cleaning so you need to be cleaning not just often but effectively and that's where you need to get the professional help as well from the likes of a hygienist and it's really more important to see a hygienist than the dentist for this because that's their area um, of special care so um, if you see a hygienist ideally twice a year um, but at the minimum once
3: so the idea is to brush in a certain way they'll show you when you go mm-hmm. and see them as well and the little i use the orthodontal brushes the little ones as well important part of keeping uh, them and
9: i i've got a water pick um, myself which is a water flosser and um, so if you find flossing very onerous or difficult you can get these little machines that shoot water in between the teeth and i find that works really really well cleans in between between the teeth and under the gums. Very often when you see patients and they're using them, you can tell the difference straight away.
3: Now, the upshot of gum disease and the implications for our overall health, I couldn't believe uh, when you've you've written recently about this and what you've said about it as well. Uh, major chronic diseases are linked to gum disease. Like what?
9: They are like, uh, well, your diabetes, um, your coronary heart disease, stroke... And um, There's so many different diseases throughout the body. And a lot of this is because the mouth is the gateway into the rest of your body. And whenever you have that um, chronic inflammation, all these inflammatory factors are running about in your gums and then that's getting into your blood system, which is then laying down plaque in, in, into your arteries, etc., um, which can uh, give you a much higher incidence of heart attack. Um, diabetes, it's also been shown that if you have diabetes, your gum disease will be worse. And if you don't look after that gum disease, it's much harder to control your diabetes. Whereas if you see the hygienist look after your teeth and your gums much better, well then you can control your diabetes much better. And again, we know how many um, different diseases can be um, made much worse from diabetes.
3: So there's a direct link between these chronic major diseases that you mentioned they are established at this stage, yes?
9: Yes, oh yes, 100% all over the world and there's lots of studies being done from um, America UK, all over Europe um, on periodontology and um, Mm. other diseases. They used to think it was to do with the bacteria and now a lot of it's to do with just the inflammatory um, reaction from the chronic disease because 80% of the population in Ireland above 35 have gum disease of a some sort. Really?
3: And and just while we're on that, can that be reversed? Can you reverse gum disease or just contain it where it is? You
9: can slow the process and reverse um, periodontal disease, yes, but you won't be able to get some of the effects that has already happened. So if you have gum disease, your gum shrinks back, your bone can shrink back. That's why often you'd hear about people being long in the teeth in older age. Um, your bone won't grow back. Very often, when you treat it, actually it can look or seem a bit worse because that inflammation, the puffiness, settles back down, goes a nice pink, but it shrinks with it. So sometimes people even feel, oh, I went to a hygienist. They made it worse because my teeth are nice sensitive, because my gums have shrunk back, but their teeth are nice sensitive because that being warm cover, duvet cover over their teeth has now shrunk back to. Being nice and healthy, mm. and um, the damage was was before. Well, that settle down. You know, you it talk will.
3: about that discomfort. If that continues, someone will say, mm. "Oh my God, this is uh, as you say an upshot of what I've had done."
9: Yeah, it will settle, and and you can use the Sensodyne, the um, SensiCane, or Pro Relief. There's any amount of toothpaste out there, and mm. um, that will assist and help. Um, but the the important thing is to break that cycle and to keep it broken Mm. if you give up after one go and say oh the hygienist caused this well then really you're in a vicious circle.
3: The Sensodyne does work I can vouch for it Angela Carney my dentist my own dentist recommended it a while ago to me and I have to say I I found it a big help it It, it really is genuinely. Um, There's a suggested link, or how solid is it, between gum disease and hip and knee replacement surgery?
9: Yeah, well, my brother is actually an orthopaedic surgeon, so his main job is hip replacements. I've had um, several conversations with him before as well. Um Again, that comes back to the bacteria in the mouth and um, if that bacteria is in the blood system and you're having elective hip or knee replacement, they don't want um, them to get infected. Uh, so essentially, you would I have to write letters regularly for patients that are going for elective hip and knee replacement to ensure that they are dentally fit and well. A lot of these people haven't seen a dentist in 5, 10 years and you're unfortunately telling them they have to have 4, or 5, 6 teeth removed before they can have their hip replaced. My oh my! Um, yeah. So the other side of that is it can be a wake-up call to try and save the rest of their teeth. Yes. But it's it's not nice. It'll How could better. you
3: go five years, four, five, or that? I I don't understand it that you could go that without seeing a dentist. Well, that's just me, anyway. I always had this in my mind that if teeth were a little yellow-looking, or yellowy-looking, that there was something off there.
9: Not so. No, not necessarily, and um, sometimes even from um, whenever you had antibiotics as a child there'd be people with tetracycline staining they've got very grey teeth um, dark teeth, but actually the teeth are are totally healthy Um, you get people with white speckles on their teeth, that can be from too much fluoride whenever they were a kid and then yellow can be just the dentine showing through um, or from just food stuff and staining, but essentially it doesn't necessarily mean that there's a whole layer or decay from sugar, that's it's a decay from the sugar or from the acid that's damaging your tooth an awful lot more. Um, but if, and then we've said already about the damage that some people can go through to get their teeth veneered or crowned purely from aesthetics. Nowadays with bleaching products, um, you can whiten your teeth um, very safely and very easily just by getting little trays made up. Apply the bleach at night Um once a night every two weeks or so um, can cause a little bit of sensitivity but it'll improve your smile improve your confidence without actually damaging it.
3: I can see the smile, the ding, you know on television, that little star that yeah. comes with this ultra white smile and you see these people with these magnificent white choppers and you think that's the way mine should look, so that's good to hear that that is not always necessary or an indicator of health mm-hmm. in your teeth as well I grind. I grind my teeth. I have a guard, a little guard like the rugby players wear, and I, I'm supposed to, David, don't ask me when I wore it last, I'm supposed to wear it at night time, but I find it a little
9: uncomfortable. Yeah. Is there anything else? Well, there's lots of different guards that you can get. Um, yeah. Very often people grind their teeth due to stress. You must be very stressed.
3: <laughs> um, but, um, I won't argue with you on that yeah. one, I'm I generally don't feel like I am in life but perhaps there's an, an, an innate stress you know yeah, from yeah. Well, what I do very
9: often people get yeah. stomach problems or teeth problems and they feel they're dealing with their stress but actually it's just coming out in another way and um, there's lots of different bike guards that you can get you can get hard ones soft ones and um, different depths um that you can get but again it, a lot of these things are habits and um, so mm. it's wearing it every night. It's it's putting the seatbelt on in the car. Yes. You don't know when you're gonna crash the car, but you want to have your seatbelt on mm. when you do. You don't know when you're gonna be grinding your teeth, but you want your bike guard in when you do. Mm. There is another product called Sourzing. It's um new enough to the market. A dentist that works with me. Nile Neeson um does a lot of this and has had some great reports. Um whenever it's a bit more expensive though. So um generally he's using that for patients that are actually getting headaches um, and significant jaw pain not necessarily there's so many patients out there that grind their teeth unknowingly um, as soon as they go to the dentist, we can see the tooth wear and the shape changing. Um, they're very rarely going to invest in the money in the likes of a serrazine, Whereas if you were getting migraines or headaches or you were coming with a problem, you're more likely to invest in that to get it. How does that work? A serrazine is a product which you place into your ear. It was originally um, realised by um, the audiology and people, so with hearing aids. Patients were going for hearing aids and they were coming back and um, explaining to the audiologist that they didn't um, get any headaches anymore. They were they didn't realise, but they were getting headaches beforehand. They'd jaw pain beforehand. This was being cured. And just incidentally then, um, they realised that actually this stopped your, the joint closing totally together in your TMJ. Um, and that's essentially what a bike guard does as well. Mm. So it, it prevents that um, real sort of pressure, which then um, reduces the stress and the pressure on some of the muscles and the joints. Okay, the so so
3: that ties in with TMD, yeah. which I wanted to talk about for a moment. People suffering terrible headaches and they they can't find a cause. There's no mm. explanation. It can often be in the mouth.
9: It can, yeah, yeah. It's it's that sort of clenching, um, stress and grinding that can cause then and um, the muscles to spasm and, and that to pass all the way up into the temporalis and into, into the head and, and, and essentially cause migraines, neck pain, back pain. Um, all these things can originate from the teeth mm. meeting together uh, inappropriately.
3: Yes, yeah, so if you're having headaches of that and you can't explain it's worth uh, talking to your dentist and paying a visit and, and asking about this as well. Back to children for a moment and of course uh, the curse of uh, sugary drinks and of course that is a big issue which you guys in your profession see all of the time what's best really
9: water nothing else yes yeah water is definitely the best thing um milk then obviously will be your second best Um we now see with everyone starting with water i have in my own family then got a lot of fizzy water um, and it's it's much better than the sugary drinks but it still has acid in it so you don't want to be using that so still water is best We're talking still water Stillwater is it's the boring, number one. But that's, that's essentially what um, we all naturally have anyway on, mm. the, on the planet. And I'm just
3: looking at the pH them. levels here. Stillwater, 7, sparkling, 4. The lower you go down here, the, the worse state. it is. The higher the pH, better for your teeth. Orange juice, 3.5. Coke, 2.5. It's and battery worse. acid, 1.0. So that's the barometer, you know, what I mean, battery acid. And and that really does put it in context, doesn't it?
9: Yeah. Well, a a lot of us as kids in school, one of the tricks was to put a coin, dirty coin, copper coin Mm. into into a glass of Coke, take it out the next morning. It's shining. Essentially, that's what's happening. Not only your teeth, but your insides.
3: Mm. So. So it's one to be wary of as well. You know, when you know, somebody comes to you after a period of time, we're talking about you should go at least once, but recommend it twice a year to see your dentist. If somebody leaves this for a time and doesn't get any cleaning done, not mad about the brushing, is it inevitable that you're going to hit a car crash?
9: If you'll have some people which are very, very lucky and that's the people that have great diet that are brushing their teeth well um, and and mostly it does come down to their diet that they're not having sugary things they don't have sugar in tea or coffee or porridge etc, etc but they're very few and far between Mm. Um, the other side of this is a lot of people unfortunately get to the stage where they're now ashamed of their teeth and they put their head further in the sand and because it's been so long they are afraid of going to the dentist they're afraid of being given out to and I think that's something that's really important um, for a profession to remember the patients or the uh, vulnerable people that they're embarrassed to come in to see us and um, the last thing they want is to be given out to Um, and it is one of the big reasons they're not coming OK. Um, so but
3: don't fear. Come.
9: Yeah, absolutely. You know,
3: you'll be treated with care and sympathy and uh, the dentist will do their very best to look after you. Let me just put this to you from Jennifer today. Uh, hi, Jerry. I have oral lichen planus. Uh, mm-hmm. for years and I use steroids a steroid mouthwash mm-hmm. uh, did David ever come across this?
9: Yeah, yeah we do um, it's generally a white or red patch in the mouth sometimes it can be aggravated by the old metal fillings that we would have had the um, mercury and amalgam fillings. Um, so sometimes you, it's recommended to get those metal fillings removed and replaced with white ones. Um, but it is, and it can be quite a chronic um, problem, um, but it's very important the likes of that gets checked annually to make sure it's not progressing or, or getting worse or ulcerated. It mm. can be uncomfortable for patients because of um, with um, some different foods, spicy foods, it, it can be irritated.
3: I wish I could get rid of the amount of mercury I have in my teeth. I think I have parted the planet here as I sit before you today, but that's for another day. Uh, Boyne Dental and Implant Clinic in Navin. Your contact number there is? oh you don't know I'd rather put me on the spot we're, we'll get they are re- all online they're all online you can check them out Point Dental. I'm <laughs> sorry David <laughs> yeah, we'll Chris. get the number and give it out after three I promise you that. this often happens this man is so busy looking after your teeth what would a phone yes. number mean to I him
9: do, yeah. I don't <laughs> ring my own mobile number and then <laughs> no we won't give out your mobile <laughs>
3: I, I promise anyway they're in Navin they're brilliant check them out at Boyne Dental and Implant Clinic and I just want to say before I go his daughter Neve is here with him today she's on mid term. And she's done a beautiful drawing of her daddy here uh, beside her. It's absolutely brilliant. There's art in that child, I tell you for sure, David. But for the moment, thank you very much for joining me.
9: Thank you, Jane.
1: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie
3: To celebrate the launch of their 2018 Christmas party packages and 2019 wedding packages, the Crown Plaza have given us on late lunch every day this week an opportunity for one of our listeners to win a four-course dinner for two with a bottle of wine at their fabulous rooftop restaurant. And if you're picked out today, tomorrow, Thursday or Friday, We'll do a Friday draw and one of the four will stay uh, overnight at their beautiful, luxurious honeymoon honeymoon suite with bed and breakfast there as well. Question today... What year did the Crown Plaza in Dundalk open? Was it 2007 or 2008? The answer is 2007. And the winner today is Deirdre Muckian from Dundalk. Well done to you, Deirdre. You win today's prize and you're in the hat Friday as well. Other opportunities Wednesday, Thursday and Friday to win here on Late Lunch. Now, Dundalk are in the cup final against Cork again this year. This is the fourth year in a row they meet at the Aviva Stadium and Dundalk very keen to win this time round having been unsuccessful on the last couple of occasions huge crowd heading from County Loud to the Aviva on Sunday and we're looking for a mascot to lead out Dundalk in the match the big match itself lots of entries coming to us on late launch this afternoon just to let you know you have been nominated Emma Gochran and Boyle is among the nominations there as well. Who else do I see? Ronan Marries there, Dean Griffin, Francesca Fidgen has also been nominated. Somebody else nominating their 12-year-old son there without a name at the moment. Ellen Wright's been nominated and so on and so on they go. We have picked one. Let me read the message to you. I would like to nominate my nephew, Stephen Reed. He's 11 years old from Loud Village. He's football mad. He followed his dad who played for Glyde Rangers and who coached the women's team. He follows Liverpool in England, but he's always followed and been Dundalk mad. Last week, his world was shattered when he lost his dad. Being selected to be Dundalk mascot would definitely make a little boy's day and year and would make his dad proud. That comes in from Anna. You are the Dundalk mascot for Sunday, Stephen Reid you'll lead them out at the Aviva Stadium. And we're delighted to afford you the privilege and the opportunity you deserve it. We'll be in touch after the show to make arrangements. And thank you to everybody who nominated their children to lead Dundalk out on Sunday at the Cup Final. And don't forget, it's Cup Final week on LMFM Radio. It's Fever Pitch here. We're building up to the big day on Sunday, right across the shows here. And we will have the match, of course, on Sunday, live for you here on LMFM Radio with the local twist. Adrian Taff in the commentary seat and of course he will have expert analysis with him as well on the day from the Aviva. Up next on Late Lunch after our final break this Tuesday afternoon I'm delighted to tell you I'll be joined by the wonderful Cecilia Hearn. More than 25 million copies, 30 languages in 40 countries. Not bad, eh? Multi-award winning author. No wonder there's always a buzz and a clamour of anticipation when Cecilia Hearns bringing out a new book. And this one is quite different. It's called Roar. 30 women, 30 stories and the woman herself is on the line with me. Cecilia, lovely to talk to you today.
11: Lovely to speak to you. Thank you. That was a lovely intro. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: I thought it was the that was least a good
11: start. <laughs> I thought it was
3: the least I could do, just to get the big build up. Anyway, can I ask you this? At the very start of the book, you leave a very open ended statement. You say, "For all the women who, who, what, yes. what do you mean?"
11: Well, that's in relation to the title of the short stories. They all begin with the woman who. So, for example, the first story is the woman who slowly disappeared. I have the woman who was kept on a shelf, the woman who uh, found bite marks on her skin. So there's 30 stories in the collection, and they all begin with the woman who. And they all they represent all the different facets of women's lives. And so the dedication was quite apt to go to all the women who do all the things that women do. <laughs>
3: it's... Uh a good explanation, let me say. I Thank was just you. sitting I, here scratching my head, yes, and I said, "What? what is this all about? Here's the <laughs> thing, though, about you. A novel a year, basically, 15 of them now. This one, five years in the making. So you started five years ago. Did you just keep putting it down and picking it up, or how did it work?
11: Yeah, so I wrote the first story, which is The Woman Who Slowly Disappeared five years ago. And I was writing it just as a short story. I had no intention to, to create a collection of short stories. But I think what happened is after about five stories, I realized that they were all linked, uh, thematically linked, and that they belong together. And it was at that stage, I, I realized I wanted to keep them together and at some stage try to publish the collection. Um, but as you say, I am known for my novels and, and have book deals for novels, so I wasn't sure if there would be a place um, on the shelf for me and my, my short stories. But I just kept writing them for myself regardless and um, building them up over the years with the hope to publish them in the future. So
3: is this book then a (laughs) reflection of your life and your experiences?
11: It's a reflection of some of my experiences, Um, not all. And I'm not the characters, but I certainly can identify with um, the situations that these characters are in. Um, You know, they do represent what roar refers to. It's about that inner roar and it's about a moment where my characters are analysing their life and realising that something isn't right. And they make a decision to either accept where they are and who they are, or make a decision to make a change. So, I mean, we've all been there. We've all had a moment where we, kind of the inner roar is like a <clears throat> frustration and something needs to change. Um, so I've, I've certainly been that woman. Um, there's stories about women with young children, career women, um, you know, women's their marriages... It covers all kinds of different things about moments you feel intimidated, overwhelmed. Um, you know, it, there's 30 <laughs> there's 30 different themes. So they, it sums up the kind of overall female experience.
3: May I pick out one I think that will resonate with many women listening to us this afternoon? Uh, the woman who found bite marks on her skin going back mm. to work after having a baby, the guilt trip.
11: Yeah, well, I certainly experienced that. I mean, and, I, and the day I wrote that, I remember, it was a day where... I waved goodbye to my son who was crying, who at uh, as a baby, brought my daughter to Montessori who cried and then I sat into my car and I cried. <laughs> um and then I went to work and 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 I had my regular work day of writing a novel and then at the end of the day I wrote that story. Um so I think I took my personal experience, gave it to a new character and and kind of played it out in that way and it was my way of processing my feelings but i know it's something that many many women um feel it's, it's a difficult thing to go back it's also a lovely freeing thing you know it's great to go back to work and of be course. able to go to the toilet on your own and have a hot <laughs> cup of coffee and you know not have people chasing you around and asking for things constantly but it's also it's it's a hard and that's why it makes the feeling so difficult because it's something that you may want to do but it's also something that you feel torn about doing
3: now, the big news uh, emanating on publication of this book is that it's already been considered and well down the road, I believe, for TV adaptation and none other than Nicole Kidman is involved here.
11: That's right. It's her production company, uh, which are called Blossom Films and also Made Up Stories are the other production company involved. They work together on Big Little Lies, which was a really big TV hit the last few years. And so it's it's very exciting. They were looking for... Content about women, and I think this collection of stories certainly is certainly exactly that. It's about all the different facets of being a woman, um, and and the life, our life in, from our perspective. Um, so it's very exciting, and we also have two showrunners who who are also writing, um, and they're the creators of Glow on Netflix and Orange is the New Black. So there's really cool, amazing team that are you know working really hard on it will you have much say in that this time i do i'm i'm very happy to say i am executive producer along with um all of the people i mentioned so i do i have equal say equal partnership and i um, and i'm really enjoying that being involved in the whole process and being involved in all the conversations um or many of the conversations about you know about who will direct who will write who will star in it it's really 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 exciting
3: now, I knew I was going to be talking to you today and recently in the Sunday Independent. What a wonderful feature there was on you in the context of the release of this book, Roar, 30 Women, 30 Stories. You say that you're an extroverted introvert. Would you explain that to me, please?
11: Well, um I didn't just randomly say it. It was asked. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there was, you know, I had a, a book out not so long ago, which is called Liar Bird. And, and part of the theme of that was was about an introvert, introverted character who was thrown into the world of extroverts. And as part of that research, I was reading a book uh, by Susan Kane, which is Quiet, um, a world. I can't remember what the, <laughs> it's called Quiet. Um, but it's about introverts who are kind of in a world that's celebrated that celebrates extroverts and i learned a lot about myself through that and you know you can be a very confident person and and so soci- i know and, and i like socializing but the introvert bit is um i suppose i really do like my own company um and um i suppose i need to re-energize by being alone i really like uh, spending time on my own and being alone kind of re-energizes me as opposed to being being surrounded by people constantly which is where other people can get their energy you know other people need to go yes. out and meet people all the time so it was just interesting you know as you get older understanding why you why you be why you are the way you are
3: but you're only a young one. Don't be talking about getting older, for God's sake. <laughs> well,
11: I am getting older well, every day. Aren't we all? Not saying I'm old. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the other thing I picked from uh, the the interview was uh, you talk about trusting your instincts, and mm. you say the only thing I think I'm good at. Now, let me say this to you: if you're good at the gut, I think that's sensational.
11: Yeah, it's it's. Um, I think it's really important. To be able to go with what you feel and have confidence in in making um, the right decision. So, yeah, and I suppose it wasn't just about writing. I tried to go with my instincts. You know, as being a mother, as being, you know, in every part of life, if something doesn't feel right, then I'm I'm not gonna do it. Mm. I think that's <laughs> that's a what very... I say to my daughter. If it doesn't feel right, it's not right. Yeah, and I think you're so
3: right on that. The gut is generally, mm. nearly always, uh, the, the one to follow it. It, it works out uh, in the end that you've made the right call on that one. But I think you've been very hard on yourself when you say I think uh, the only thing I'm good at you're brilliant. You're absolutely brilliant. So look
11: at this. <laughs> I don't remember saying that bit, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know, you
3: are, honestly. Look at what you've achieved with all of these books, the sales worldwide, the languages they've been uh, translated Played into it must be just so uplifting when when you consider that.
11: Well, yes, now it is. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, it's amazing, and I'm you know I'm and I'm so lucky. I spend a lot of time meeting with people and and you're talking about what they do, and then they tell you. But what I'd really like to do is there's so many people in the world who are not doing the thing that they really want to do. You know, either work wise, and um, I just can't imagine. Been doing anything else and perhaps that's what I meant when I said it's the only thing I'm good at I really writing in this career that I have is really the only thing that, that I think I am good at so if I didn't have this job I don't know what else I'd be doing so I am very fortunate um, you know I do work hard but I am very lucky that to be able to do it as a full time job
3: Oh my God it's the dream in the world isn't it to be working mm. at something that you absolutely yeah. love and you, you have that and you have a lovely family and you've your health and your happiness and my God life is good for Cecilia Hearn
11: I should speak to you every morning. Are you free? (laughs) Nine o'clock every morning. We'll have a chat and you can just pep me up and I'll go off about my day.
3: (laughs) Well, you know what? Uh, I just feel uh, a million dollars that you've said that to me as well. Of course, I'm available anytime. (laughs) Pick up the phone, Cecilia. Be delighted to. (laughs) Anyway, look, it's a real pleasure to talk to you today. Uh, This is brilliant, let me say to listeners. It really is fantastic. The stories in it, they'll touch everybody. There's something in this for everybody of all ages as well. It's called Roar 31 women 30 stories by cecilia heron quite different to anything she's done in the past but it's sure to be right up there top of the charts very very soon indeed and good luck may i say to you with the tv adaptation as well that sounds very exciting
11: thank you so much it's been a pleasure i'm, I'm leaving here with a very big head now
3: uh, you should and hold it high and walk tall cecilia heron brilliant thank you for joining me on late lunch
11: thank you so much
3: isn't she so lovely? She really is just gorgeous, and we wish her well with the new book. Just before we go, Louise, Conkers, chestnuts. Do you ever collect them?
0: Er, uh, no,
3: actually, yes. I used to collect the chestnuts, and you know the way they have all that spiky stuff around mm. them? And I used to love breaking them open. Yeah. But I never played the actual game. Oh, really? Conkers that you I didn't? saw you and Sinead do. Well, this is what I want to mention. Myself and Sinead uh, the other day played Conkers. Yes. Ava? Uh, "'My granddaughter gathered the conkers. "'What a bag of them she came home with for me!' And myself and Sinead got them organised, drilled the hole in them, put the string into them, and played the game. And we've a lovely wee video lined it's up okay. there. Check it out. It's on LMFM Facebook. You can see it is there, it? Yeah. and uh, it posted. Be, it's posted there. So check it out. LMFM Facebook page. The Conquers game. Why? Why say this is? You know, it's midterm at the moment. Your own or off, Louise. The children are on a break from school, and they're doing this, that, and the other. But go back. Turn the clock back. Think of your childhood. Bring them out. Collect chestnuts. they're down everywhere at the moment with the winds and that. They're on the ground. Collect them. Show them what it's about. And if you don't know what it's about check out LMFM and Facebook and we're going Conkers yes <laughs> it's there for you to see if you don't know what it's all about and get them playing again and if, and if Jerry, you're absolutely useless at the Conkers game as I'm sure I would be you can make a necklace a pretty <laughs> necklace <laughs> well I'm not giving that in the way but when you see the job Sinead tried to make at the Conkers when we played it but I used to play it all the time years ago it was a thing of our childhood and if you you'd bash a Conker another for conquer, Conker if you owe one and the other one split you know you've got a that was Conquer 1, Conquer 2, Conquer 3. And sometimes they'd go right up if you had a deadly Conquer that was really hard and would knock out somebody else's Conquer as well. It was a thing of our childhood. It's simple, it's straightforward. You'll get a few raps on the knuckles, of course you will, because that's part and parcel of it as well when you play the game. But it is something for this time of year. It's something to be enjoyed and something I highly recommend. Chestnut trees all over the place, Conquer's on the Everywhere. ground. Get out, get collecting, get playing. Go Conkers for the uh, mid-term break and check it out again on LMFM's social media Facebook page. Anyway, we'll say goodbye to you on this Tuesday afternoon, our first day of the week in a shorter week. Back tomorrow. Do join us from half one. Up next on LMFM Radio, it's Eddie Caffrey with The Drive.
1: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at
2: BlackstoneMotors.ie. Selling a little or a lot?